Hi folks, it's Pastor Jennifer Hodson here in Bryan, Texas. Uh, we are Bryan Community Church, a new church plant. We just celebrated a year and uh, what I'd like to do, uh, Lord willing, and if I can get myself organized, is to um, re-record the sermon that I preached the previous Sunday. And so um, I encourage you to just go back and, and view some of the, the sermons that have been posted in the past. I also encourage you, if you want to learn more about the church, visit our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, there's all kinds of pictures that will show you how active we are here in our community. And we have a heart uh, to not just own for our own community, be but uh, all over the world. So anyways, um, today I am closing a sermon series entitled Relationship Resolutions. Uh, I've been speaking about this idea to resolve, to, to put God first, um, to be in the word of God, to know that, that we need to love ourselves as God has loved us, um, to view ourselves uh, as these beautiful image bearers of our creator, knowing our value and our worth, and, um, and stop looking to the left and the right at what other people uh, have. I put it in short, um, you know, we need to stop trying to fit into other people's shoes because at the end of the day, we can only wear our own and we can only walk the path that God has us on. And so, um, Again, check out those sermons from the past. Uh, this has been a good sermon series, I know, for me because it has allowed me to just really do some um, thoughtful prayer and uh, self-reflection. Today we're going to continue the series, though, and we're going to look at um, making the resolution um, to build, rebuild, or to um, strengthen our relationships with others. We were created to be relational beings. God is a relational God. Uh, as United Methodists, we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in some uh, mysterious and holy way. God is three persons in one. And so we see God in relationship uh, with God's self. We see God in relationship with God's people all throughout scripture in the Old and the New Testament. And God was there with humanity. God's been waiting to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And so uh, we need to take our cue from the one who created us. And so as we, as we think about relationships, you know, we're in so many different kinds. We have uh, relationships with our spouses. We have relationships with our children. We have relationships with colleagues and friends and church members. And then there's the relationship that we're called to have with strangers, getting to know and loving uh, all God's people. And so I think it's really important that we learn what it means to be in a relationship with others and who best um, to learn this from other than Jesus. Uh, all throughout scripture, we see Jesus. Jesus was up on high. He was in heaven, but yet he made himself um, man coming to this earth and walking with and talking with us flawed humans. Um, Jesus had compassion. He spent time loving those who might have seemed to be unlovable, um, bringing in those who were cast out of society. Uh, I love the birth story of Jesus when um, God sent an angel to go to whom other than the shepherds, those who were often, you know, out, um, seen as, you know, socially and religiously unclean because they were out in the fields. They had a bad reputation. 
Uh, some folks didn't like the shepherds because, you know, you know, it always takes that one bad apple or that one bad shepherd that would um, graze his sheep uh, on someone else's land. But yet God chose to, to share the greatest news that the Messiah was born and um, he chose first to, to go to the shepherds. And that's who that's who Jesus is. And that's what he taught us, that he would go um, to the outskirts and to, to love everyone and to welcome everyone into the kingdom, uh, anyone who had a heart ready to, to receive this living water. And so um, as we think about our interactions with other people, we have to be uh, filtering those interactions through uh, what we know to be true of Christ. Um, he had something to say about uh, what it means to be in relationship with others, specifically to the disciples. I thought this was beautiful when I lifted it up. It comes from John chapter 15, starting in verse um, verse 12. Let me read this to you. My command is this, that you love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. <clears throat> Excuse me. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command that you love each other. Excuse me. Um, well, right there, I mean... How powerful, knowing the Son of God, even though uh, Jesus is walking in his own shoes and walking his own path, chooses to look at the disciples and call them friends. And what does this mean? Um, he is seeking an intimate relationship uh, with these people. He's seeking an intimate relationship with all of us. But friendship uh, was important in first century Judaism. Uh, there were two types of uh, friendship, and if I can remember them off the top of my head, the first one was very political, right? You know, just what you think. You um, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. It was very um, transactional. Uh, but then there was the, the kinship friendship, um, and I know I am saying that incorrectly, it will come to me later, I'm sure. Uh, I left my, my notes at church. But um, there was this other friendship in which it was a reciprocated friendship. It was, I will take you or I'll take care of you um, because that's the right thing to do. Uh, I will go even to the ends of the earth with you, right? Even to the point of death. Friendship was really important. Um, making one person uncomfortable in order to protect and to care for another. And I think this is just a beautiful example of what um, biblical friendship looks like. I think this is a beautiful example of how all of our friendships should go, that we should uh, humble ourselves, take a step back to, to elevate another person, um, again, to, to walk through some of the muck um, and the, the ugly in this world with another person. And that's what Jesus was doing uh, in his life and his ministry. And he, Excuse me, and he was telling the disciples that um, that you're my friends, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever it takes, even to death. Um, he did in order not only for the disciples to have eternal life, but for all of us um, when we trust and put our faith in Him to have eternal life. And um, very powerful, and who we are called to be. 
if we're going to resolve to to improve and rebuild or uh, maybe to to reach out and create a new relationship um, then it's making the commitment that we will do what it takes to care for another person we will submit ourselves we will offer compassion and concern and care um, just as jesus did uh, for for all his people now i was uh, listening to a pastor and as he was preparing uh, his sermon or as i was preparing my sermon i was listening to his and um, he pointed out a scripture that uh, kind of was like, ooh, this is, this is good and we need to hear. Um, we don't want to hear it, um, but it's something I think that we need to understand that if we're going to protect our friendships, if we're going to protect our relationships, whether um, it's me protecting my relationship with my husband or maybe you protecting your relationship with your husband or, or your wife, uh, my relationship with my children, with my fellow church members, my friends, and even those um, that are are not so close, but you know maybe we work with them during the week or we work with them out in the community uh, that Satan unfortunately wants to destroy those relationships and Jesus warns he said in a passage in John chapter 10 verse 10 as he's talking about um, who he is as the good shepherd trying to take care of his flock trying to take care of people he warns he says the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or some translations say abundantly. But here's the thing, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. There is an evil power in this world, whether you, you call him Satan, whether you call him the devil, whether it's just an evil force that you, you call it. Um, Satan doesn't want to see our relationships thrive. He doesn't want to see happy marriages. He doesn't want to see happy churches. He doesn't want to see happy families. Um, instead, he wants to, to break us apart. He wants to rip us apart. And we have to be really careful um, that, that we don't allow him uh, to, to integrate himself into our relationships. Um, and, and he does this in all kinds of deceitful ways. I mean, you know, we see... Satan depicted as a serpent um, in the beginning of creation. You know, he's a snake. He's sly. He doesn't come dressed with a, a pitchfork in his hand and, and horns on his on his head and a, a red tail. I mean, that's obvious. No, he's more crafty than that. Um, and actually, he'll use our minds um, to 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 manipulate situations and to manipulate. Uh, relationships and conversations that have been had you know um it's satan who will say well do you remember that the text message that she sent or do you remember how he spoke to you or do you remember you told them not to do that ever again and then they did it again and then over time like all of these little things all these little offenses they start to add up and eventually we explode and we walk away and guess who wins um we don't Satan does because he's now divided um, our relationship that was once healthy and whole. And so we have to remember that and be careful and know that it's Jesus who's trying to, to teach us to, to hang tight to our friendships and to make them a priority, to hang tight to our relationships and to put into practice all that, that Jesus taught us to forgive, to let some of that stuff go. And I'm not talking about just uh, just egregious sins. I'm not talking about um, 
flat out abuse and evil that's wrong, right? There's healthy boundaries that men and women and children have to set for themselves. And there's times in which you have to walk away and, and you have to end that relationship, whatever that relationship is, whether it's, um, you know, somebody that, that you're close to or somebody you work with, you know, there's, there's times when you just have to protect yourself. I'm not talking about those relationships. I'm talking about within the church. I'm talking about within your homes. I'm talking about like these little offenses that over time they drive this wedge between one another and we have to choose to forgive. We have to choose to offer grace. Um, I read to my congregation this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is a passage that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And uh, in the church, they were they were fighting with one another. And Paul got word of this and he wrote back uh, to this church in which he, he first set up. And he reminded them how they were to treat one another and how they were to love one another because Christ loved them. And we often read this at weddings and we think that this is being spoken um, from a, to a bride and a groom on their wedding day when really this was the Apostle Paul speaking to the church. And he said, this is what love looks like. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy what others have. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And then, boom, my bubble was popped. We can't keep records of how somebody has hurt us. And we can't be envious of what others have. We need to celebrate them. Because if we're not careful, that will get in our heart and get in our way of having successful and healthy relationships and friendships and marriages. And, um, and I just want us to, to really think about that. And that's what I encourage my congregation to do. And then we did this um, crazy thing. I love the idea. Uh, it didn't work out quite as I had planned, just because you can imagine the, the chaos um, that that followed but before we started the service uh, I had my my kids pass out um, balloons and I had them um, have each person with a black sharpie write their name on the balloon and so at the end of my sermon I asked everyone to stand and I asked them to blow up their balloon and to tie it okay so just imagine doing this you blow up this balloon you tie it their name is written on it. And then I asked them to throw the balloon in the air, um, push it, hit it, bop it everywhere. So now we have this room full of people. And of course, you know, the, the little kids are so excited about this. And, um, but they were really good during the service. So they deserve to have a, a fun and chaotic ending to, to the service. Um, but so the balloons went everywhere and names on these balloons went everywhere. And I asked uh, then the congregation, I said, okay, hold still, right? You know, so we're excited because balloons are just popping and bopping everywhere. We did have some balloons pop, unfortunately. But um, I didn't tell the congregation, I said, okay, now hold up. Now, I want you to find your balloon. Well, some of the balloons made it all the way to the back. 
the the worship space. Some of them came up to the front. Thank goodness none of them hit the candles and, and popped. And then I watched what happened. And people started to talk to one another. And people started to pick up a balloon and then hand it back to the person it belonged to. Or they would pass it from one person to another to make sure that, that it got to its original owner. And I let this go on for a few minutes. And then we stopped. And I said, okay, now wait. I said, wasn't it a whole lot easier when we worked together to find our balloon than if we had to walk around and go through the service and find our balloon on our own? Here's the thing. At the end of the day, in any of our relationships, we need one another. We need one another to support each other and to stay with one another and to work together if we're gonna accomplish any kind of goals. And that is true at home. That is true at work. That is true on the playground. That is true when you're at university. That is true as Bryan Community Church. That is true as any body of Christ. God created us with many different parts, many different gifts, many different graces. And so we need to resolve to stay committed, to stay in those relationships, and to build, and maybe rebuild, or to reach out and start a new conversation with a new person. Because we were created to be in relationship with others. That's who God created us to be. Sometimes it takes work, sometimes it takes humility, and sometimes it takes the ability to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I'm sorry. And sometimes it takes the ability to say, you know, I know they hurt me, but it's all right. I'm just going to forget all about it, and I'm going to move on. So I don't know where you find yourself. But I hope and pray that uh, God's word spoke to you today and continues to speak to you each and every day in all of your relationships. Until next time, thanks for joining us. Check us out online. And uh, we're just going to continue to do as Christ calls us to do, Brian Community Church, which is to love God, to love people, and to share his hope with the world.